Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Moss NM and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth Goodoff. Joining me this evening, we have Jacob Terrell, Earl Nieto, and we, we announced it last week, a special guest, head coach, technical director of New Mexico United, Zach Prince. Coach, thank you so much for hopping on the show this uh, this week. We know that uh, it's been a busy few weeks leading up to the season over, and of course, you know, the club did pick up a 1-0 win on the road Saturday against the Miami FC, so thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate all you guys do for, you know, not only our club, but, you know, just in general for, you know, New Mexican soccer. It's uh, it's awesome to see you guys, you know, gaining any type of traction for any teams that are, you know, working hard out there. And so, man, I appreciate what you guys do. Yeah, you know, it, it's something that, that we do love. And, you know, we, we certainly talk about it, you know, every week. You know, we, we talk about the growth of sports here in New Mexico and obviously United and the runners, the Ice Wolves, Gladiators, all leading the charge for that. And obviously, you know, you've got success over at UNM uh, here back at the pit this year. So uh, sports are definitely on the upswing here in New Mexico. And, yeah, we're just we're happy to be a part of it. So, um I mean, we do have, we're going to try to keep things, you know, we talked about before the show, we try to keep things here in uh, in around an hour. Uh, okay. We got Terry over in chat. Uh, David Crawl is in the background here. And uh, you guys didn't get to see it, but I, we do have hashtag Team Seth here on the show this evening. So uh, do appreciate everyone popping in. Pictures or didn't happen. <laughs> we might pull David in here at the end to, to show that. But as you guys know, we are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And if you're in the chat, please throw your questions and comments in there. We will get to those throughout the show. Uh, we do ask that you do, of course, keep them appropriate, uh, and we'll get those over over to Coach and uh, get some questions uh, from you guys as well. So, I mean, first of all, Coach, you know, offseason came and went. felt like it took forever. What was it like to finally get back out there, season two at the helm, and uh, starting the season on the road against uh, Miami? Yeah, I mean, week one, a little bit brutal where, uh, you know, we're watching everyone. I mean, there's advantages and disadvantages to that where, you know, everyone gets to jumpstart their season, but also at the same time we get to, you know, see Miami before, um, before we go down and play them. So that was nice. And we tried to take advantage of that. And, um, but yeah, you know, going down to Miami, uh, getting a result down there, it was a gritty win. Uh, we did a lot of things that we really wanted to do. There's some things that we still need to work on. Um, but I'm really, you know, happy with the result, obviously. And then uh, I'm, I'm proud of the performance. And then I think it's a performance we can really build on. And it's not something that's completely outside of our identity and, you know, completely outside of what we were working on. Um, this looks a lot like what we've been, you know, working and training uh, up to this moment. And so I, I'm really proud of that. Talk to us a little bit about uh, what you felt went well, because from our perspective, you know, in our chat, you know, defensively, we played a really good match. Kayla yeah. looked exceptional. Will looked exceptional. And, uh, you know, having those guys back there really seemed to limit what Miami could do, you know, through the middle, particularly when you have, you know, Sam dropping back into that deeper position as well. Yeah, I mean, it first starts with our front group defensively. I ask a lot of our front group. Uh, they have very good ball players, so they build out of a three. Say so build and play, they they attack out of a three four three three six one whatever you want to call it, um, and um, they defend out of a four four two. So it's a little bit different looks offensively and defensively. 
So there's some spaces that, you know, you have to exploit. And then there's also on the offensive side for them, there's, you know, you need to make them uncomfortable in some spots. And where they're very comfortable is the ball at their feet with their three center backs when they're building. So Aiden Stanley, Paco Craig, uh, Chapman Page, all very good with the ball at their feet. Uh, so it was really important for us to go and press them and make them uncomfortable. But also at the same times, we had some press triggers of, hey, here's a position you have to go and you have to get their head down. And then, hey, here's some times where you can't go because if you go, it's just an easy 2v1 and they're going to build out of that. So we had, the guys did very, very well with the information given to them, executing that and making sure that they were, you know, really uncomfortable in the build. And, and we didn't allow them to do that. And that made the game easier for players that you mentioned, Will, Kalen, you know, Sam Hamilton covers more ground than probably anyone in this league has more interceptions than anyone in this league. Um, and you can see that, you know, game to game, he's, he's remarkable at that. And so, um, yeah, it was a good, good first performance. And, um, but the, the main thing that I was, um, you know, happy with was us in possession, a lot more patient than we were, um, in the past in 2022. And I don't want to bring up 2022 so much, but it was, it was, uh, a year where we needed to be better with the ball. And, and when we had um, majority games that we lost, we had about 55% possession or more. And we were much more comfortable out of possession last year than we were in possession. And so I'm really proud of us. You know, I think, you know, do we want to create a few more chances? Yeah, it's it was pretty close on, on a few. And um, but at the same time, you know, the attrition um, of having the ball and making them work so much wears them down and you know you could see where we were starting to really come into the game the last you know 20 25 minutes of the of the game and starting to break them down a bit and um yeah you know we get a penalty and uh tuck it away and you know come out one zero it looked like the humidity kind of got to us a little bit and so you mentioned working into the game there you saw austin and sam both go down with cramps was that uh were you expecting that going in or humidity game one, you know, all those yeah. things. Yeah. Um, I'm from South Carolina. So the, the humidity wasn't, it wasn't horrible. Um, I, and and we, I looked, it was like 78. If it gets over 20 here, I'm yeah. dying. So, yeah. Yeah. So it, it just, I just playing in, in Charleston, I played in Charleston uh, for the battery and, you know, we had, uh, two calendar years where we were undefeated at home. And uh, the the reason was, and there was 15, 20 minutes into the game, you, you know, people couldn't, couldn't move anymore because of the yeah. humidity. And it wasn't like that. It wasn't quite like that. Give it, give it a couple months in Miami and it, it'll be, it'll be right there. But yeah, for sure. But those guys, you know, they covered a ton of ground. It's first game of, you know, the season on turf. Uh, so, Am I surprised that a couple of guys cramped? No, Harry was kind of cramping a little bit towards the end of the game. Um, but, you know, they did a great job pushing through. And, and you know, Sam ends up – Sam and Harry end up finishing the game. And then, um, you know, Austin had to come off, which is fine. But uh, I think those guys did a phenomenal job. Yeah, Coach, these guys aren't Southerners. They don't, they don't get the – <laughs> No. That's right. No. <laughs> uh, Born and raised in this dry climate. I, I miss it a little bit. I miss the humidity a little bit from time to time. That's what I tell these. That's people. a that is a crazy that. statement to me. <laughs> I don't know about you, Coach, but you, for me, every time I because my family lives in Texas, they live in Atlanta, and every time okay. I step off the plane, 
it's just like okay this feels like mm -hmm. home I don't, yeah. know if, I don't know if you have that same feeling yeah yeah, yeah for sure there, there's no doubt even when you know it you know it's hot here and in, in rains it uh you know it's like some of my favorite times um nope <laughs> I'll, I'll remember that if I'm ever playing men's league against Jacob. Hopefully, hopefully it rains that day. I, I won't be playing. I can guarantee you that. Speaking of Austin, and uh, we're going to bring Sergio into this. How are they doing? How, how's Austin after after leaving the game on Saturday? And how's Sergio? Uh, what's his timetable? Yeah, he's great. Um, Austin's, you know, fine. It was just cramps. Um, Sergio. Uh, with the academy this weekend got 20 minutes um he'll progress on and on friday he's in full training right now he'll he'll get uh another you know about 30 minutes or so and we're just slowly progressing him my my thoughts is he, he's going to be knocking on the door to you know be in the 18 um for this next match as long as everything keeps going right um he's you know really handled himself very well uh during this injury period i think it's been you know um, it's changed his mentality a bit and, uh, for the better. And, um, he's, he's definitely not taking this for granted at all. He's, he's looking, you can tell he's very, very hungry. I want to backtrack just a bit coach to the off season. You know, we saw, you know, your first off season with, with the team as, as head coach and technical director, we've had, you know, Nico Brett and Jerome Kiesewetter and some some bigger USL names come in. Mm -hmm. And I, I asked you at media day about the size of the the club and stuff. And you mentioned budget and stuff. But is is that kind of, you know, I, I don't remember having three trialists last going into 2022. Are those, is that more budget thing? Or was that just what you wanted to go do going into the off season was bring in some younger, hungrier guys? Yeah. Um, Sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. Go ahead. Um, so yeah, there's a couple of things with that. I think, you know, before I came on as head coach last year, there was, uh, you know, a few players signed that, you know, sure. I, I, you know, wasn't the head coach and technical director at the time, which, you know, was fine. Those were all, we had quality team last year. Um, and, uh, with that, we also had a lot of guys returning on their second year, um, of a deal. And so there wasn't a lot of room um, at the end to bring on a trialist or two, you know, and I think it's really healthy to bring in trialist. Um, I think, you know, having that, you know, edge of players that are, you know, they have to, they have to give it everything every day or, you know, that could be their last day as far as with New Mexico United. And, and I think that breeds a healthy environment. Um, and so, yeah, I thought it was great from, you know, the trialists that came in, you know, a couple of them, you know, didn't stay with us. And hopefully, I, I mean, the goal is for them, I, you know, call USL League One teams. I call other USL teams about them, MLS and X Pro teams and try to help them get wherever they can. And um, but the guys that, you know, have done well, you know, Jose Sosa has done really well throughout his preseason time here. Um, he's probably progressed, you know, from had the best you know, from where he started to where he is right now. Kyle Colonna is, has been really steady since he's come in. Um, and so, yeah, those guys have, you know, done great. And um, I really do think it's really healthy to bring in trialist every year. Yeah. I watched, you know, I was able to make it to the one preseason match and, and Kyle really impressed me, 
yeah. in that match. He he looked really good in the second half next to Zali. Yeah, um, he's he's a I mean, he's a captain of San Diego State. Um he's a good kid. Um he really likes you know information. The more information you give him the better. Um he's very he's very diligent in that aspect and so um I think you know if he stays like that he has a bright future ahead of him. Um, but you know, he's, he's only a couple months into his career, so he's gotta, yeah. he's gotta keep pushing, you know, real quick, uh, behind You're scenes, muted, David, Earl. yeah, real quick, Earl, uh, David just let us know behind the scenes that the Academy is, uh, uh competing in Austin in the pre in their preseason this mm-hmm. week and picked up a win today against round rock by a final of four nil. So, uh, coach, what are you guys looking for out of the Academy while they're down in Austin? Yeah, I think, you know, any trip that we go on, we we're try to we try to be very specific about how we spend the money in the academy, and um, not just go on a trip just to go on a trip. And so, um, this is you know they're playing Austin FC, Round Rock, and St. Stephen's Academy, which I don't know if you know State St. Stephen's boarding school. It's very very good um, team, and so these will be really good opponents, and we try to create not only you know, a high level environment for them to play in, but, you know, take them to a place where they can experience, you know, different um, way people live and, you know, different colleges can come see them. And, and so we try to, you know, maximize completely uh, every trip that we take with that Academy uh, because we have, you know, good players in New Mexico and uh, it's important for us to not only, you know, go and compete against different clubs, but to show the talent that that is here in New Mexico and and to uh, you know show it across the U.S. and and I think you know Junro has done a great job of that, and he'll continue to do a you know phenomenal job of that. Coach, kind of going back to what Jacob was talking about um, about like signings in the off season. Um, when you're building and thinking about your roster, like especially during the off season, do you base your signings or your approaches off of what other teams are doing. So for example, um, like Carlos Springs, when they signed Romario, were you out there looking for available forwards or like attacking midfielders to counter, to kind of counteract that signing or to kind of like one up for lack of better words, that signing? Yeah. I don't focus on really anyone else. I mean, of course you have to focus on if you're going, for a target and you know it's between you and another club um you're going to try to talk to that player you know about what your club can offer and and why it's so special to be at new mexico united um but i'm not not really focused on what other teams are doing i can't concern myself with that um and definitely not getting into the game of like one-upping um i'm trying to i'm trying to you know look at our roster, what we had last year and what we brought back. And I really loved our core that we brought back. And it was really important for me to do a lot of character-based recruiting. And so we would identify players um, talent-wise, interested in them. And then we, you know, there was a lot of interviews with the players. There was a lot of, uh, you know, calling players that they had played with, coaches that they had been coached by, making sure that they were not only good players, but good people and all going to be pulling in the same direction because uh, this was something that was, you know, critical for me heading into this year. I think uh, 
and and so far from what i can tell with the group we've been around each other for about two and a half months and um yeah i think we got a great group of people and they want to be engaged with our community that's really important to me um they want to be as competitive as possible uh they they are ready to play fighting football right now they're not going to wait and wait for some moment or they're waiting until we play at isotopes they are ready every single day when we train and so these are the type of personalities that are really going to work you know under you know my guidance and and so i'm not asking players to do something that um they're not comfortable with or something that uh is going to be you know, out of, out of the scope of their personality. So that was really important for us this year. And so far, you know, I think, you know, we got a lot of them, you know, right. And we, uh, we just got to go keep proving it every day that this is the type of team we are. How big is that list going into the off season of players that you're evaluating and approaching and, and contemplating bringing in? Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's big because you are looking at multiple positions. Um, and then there's other players that you find out about, for instance, Greg and Santi, you know, that are under contract that, you know, you find out that, you know, Phoenix might be willing to part ways with them and willing to trade for them. And these are two players that, you know, I was very interested in for a long time and, um, so I, you know, it was very aggressive with those two and specifically Josh Doling. Uh, I've been following him for, for a bit, uh, watching St. Louis. I was really interested to see how St. Louis, you know, started their, you know, professional debut coming to second division rather than, you know, knowing they were going to go into the first division, which was really interesting. I thought that was a great way for them to start. And I think that's a, a catalyst point of why they're four and zero right now. Um, so I watched them a lot, as you know, our trainer, uh, athletic trainer, uh, Tyler Harris went there and he's their half head athletic trainer now. So me and Tyler are really close. And so, um, I always followed them and really loved Josh. I thought he was a great player and they decided not to, you know, take him to MLS and offered him an MLS, uh, contract. It's really difficult for an international player at that level. Uh, you know, and so this is a person I didn't want anyone uh, getting in the game with them. So uh, once Josh, I knew he was available the next day, there was an offer on the table for him. Cause I had already done, you know, the character, uh, references on him. And then once I had the phone call with him, knew he wanted to come to New Mexico United, this is a player I was really excited about. Um, and so, you know, there's other players, maybe you can't get exactly everything you want on them and there's always going to be risk associated with every signing that you have, but uh, we try to, you know, make that risk as small as possible so we can, uh, you know, hit the ground running. And I think we're pretty close right now. We just got to, you know, now we got to capitalize on, you know, this opportunity that we have in 2023. Real quick, if reminder, if you're in the chat on YouTube and Facebook, you can't throw questions and comments up there and we will, and coach, we'll see those and we'll hopefully get some of those answered for you this evening. Uh, Coach, you talked about the international aspect of, of Josh Dalling, and obviously last year we had Itamar Cannon as part of it, as part of the mm -hmm. club, part of that uh, recruitment team. Since he's left, how has that affected uh, the recruitment process of bringing in internationals? Because I mean, you look at signings like Michael Waikarlo and Timothy Azale, guys. That, I mean, realistically, most of us here in the states are not looking at the Polish and the Swiss leagues, um, mm -hmm. you know, as far as you 
potential talents or targets. Um, you know, how do you identify guys like that? Um, and like, how is like, how has your role changed uh, to, to kind of identify those? Yeah, I think, I mean, the, the biggest thing with, with those two uh, in particular is they're both U.S. citizens. And so that was really attractive to me that, you know, they had had European experience and they're also uh, U.S. citizens and, you know, something that I thought we could, you know, capitalize on. And they both played it a good level. You know, Michael, both of them are young players, uh, 23 and 19. And so um, but both of them have a pretty unique experience, just not in the U.S. And so um, it's been really uh a good, a good off season for me to, to learn some of the different things that I, you know, enjoy about, you know, the scouting aspect of players and some that I don't. And I think with that, I, I look at, um, you know, those two in particular, and those are going to be a little bit bigger, you know, risk because they haven't played in the same exact league. So it's, it's, you know, how does that translate exactly? And, you know, some translate very well, some don't, translate as well both of those guys have been excellent people um they've come in and done really well um i think there is an adjustment from playing in europe and to playing in the u.s so the u.s is a lot more transition it's a lot more athletic um and so that takes time to you know get adjusted to and so i'm not i'm not surprised by that and that's not something that you know i'm i'm looking at and you know because those those two guys, you know, not traveling in the first game, it's it's not the biggest um, – it's not like they're down and out. These guys have – there's it's a long season, as we know. And, um, yeah, it's it's going to be – it can be a great season for both of those players, and I'm excited for them. Can you explain the international roster spot rules? Yeah, so, I mean, you start <laughs> with seven, and uh, then you can buy or trade for international spots. Um we, uh, for Greg and Santi, we traded a few international spots. Um, so, uh, we, we were, you know, down a few and, um, with, with those two and, uh, and both those two being internationals coming back on the other side. Um, so the, these things happen, uh, where, you know, you can go out and buy and buy one, or you can trade a player for one, or it can be a package deal where two players are traded plus an international spot it can be a bunch of different things, but you start with seven and you could end up with, I mean, as many as you want. Um, I would, I would assume. Um, but I don't, I don't know if everyone, anyone's ever pushed over, you know, 10 or 11. So do guys like, uh, Timothy and, and Michael count towards that, or since they're American citizens as well, uh, they American, don't count. American gotcha. citizens, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, those two. That's that's why they're you know really it was attractive for them you know playing in uh, European leagues and doing well in those leagues, and then you know not counting as international, and then also you know the the ability to sell them uh, and transfer them. Now they have the ability to go back to Europe where. You know, if you're trying to transfer a player like Justin Portillo, it can become a lot more complicated with him being an American and not having your European passport. That that becomes a lot more complicated. I wanted to ask you, Coach, Kalen last season picked up a, a, a knock uh, fairly early in the season, and it just mm -hmm. didn't quite seem to, to come back. 
Um, so, and I know it's a, a very short, a very small sample size so far in 2023. How is, how did, was there some kind of like a niggling little injury last year that Kalen just didn't quite seem to get fully over and like what, how has he translated that to, to this year? Yeah, I think there's, you know, a couple of things with Kalen that, uh, I mean, I, maybe there were some spots that I put Kalen in where, you know, I could have been better and, you know, I changed our, you know, system of how we build a few times and it could have been a little bit more straightforward for him. And, um, but yeah, I don't think injury had anything to do with it. I thought he had some monster performances last year. You know, he had a couple of mistakes that I think you, that those are the mistakes you're probably thinking of. And, you know, those aren't things that he shies away from. I shy away from. I haven't lost any confidence in that guy, that guy is, uh, he's a massive part of our team. He's, you know, the amount of calls that if I, if it was leaked that he was going to be traded, every team in this league would be, you know, uh, calling me, everyone, uh, because of the quality of player he is and, you know, the kind of person he is, um, it's, it's a, it's a winner. So, um, the, yeah, he had some monster performances last year and, um, I expect him to have some have some big ones this year and, you know, hopefully no injury and no injuries. Um, and, uh, you know, he's consistent all year is the is the game plan. And um, I think, you know, he has everything set right there for him to, to have a monster year. You mentioned earlier the the way that the season opened, obviously week one off uh, week, starting the week two. You mentioned getting to see Miami before you ever got to play them. Now you have another bye week. Um, I mean, obviously, club's still in training. You're still working on things. You just, just no match. Like, does that really like? Is that like a disruption this early to you know, get out there, play one, and then have to stop again? And or, or would you rather like just play straight through for like a month to get sort of some sort of a rhythm going? Um, I think you can look at it either way. Uh, I think you can look at it as, oh man, this is a massive distraction, and why did this happen to us? And to me, if you look at it like that you probably have the wrong mentality and it's going to be a long year for you because no matter what your schedule with 34 games, the amount of time that we play games with open cup thrown in there, um, it's going to be busy at some point. And um, it's going to be, you know, maybe you have a 10 day lead into a game um, that those are going to happen. And, and it's how you take that time or we're taking this time right now and really still focusing on ourselves uh, with, you know, one eye on, on Oakland for sure and what they're doing, but really taking the time to, you know, make sure that we're, you know, keeping us headed in that same direction that we want to head in and, you know, being more aggressive defensively, uh, creating more chance of, chances offensively, being better, cleaner on set pieces. We weren't as clean on set pieces as I wanted to be um, in that game, and I thought they, it was right there for us to be. And so uh, these are things that we're choosing to uh, to work on, and, and and we'll continue to do it. So I want to look forward just a little bit. I know you don't necessarily like to look forward to like you know league play and particular opponents, but sure. uh, the club is bringing in Sunderland uh, yeah. for a friend late late in the summer. Um, you know, how big? Of, I mean, obviously we had Cardiff a couple years ago. Sunderland on the brink of becoming a Premier League side once again. Um, does this? Do you think this speaks to how much growth we've seen here with New Mexico United that we are able to bring in a club like Sunderland, 
And uh, what does it help do for, for you guys uh, to face that sort of competition there? Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, first, I think there's a lot that we can learn from a club like that. Um, they've been around for a long time. I think they have an average uh, league standing of, you know, top 10 in the top division of England, which, you know, people can argue what it's one of the best in the world. There's no doubt about that. It's one of the best leagues in the world. Um, and so for us to be playing an opponent like that, I think, you know, from all the way from front office to the technical side to players, we can learn a lot from these, uh, this group. And, um, I, I can't wait to spend some time with them. Um, but at the same time, I think, uh, you know, we want to take the game and, and try to, you know, execute our principles of exactly what we want to do and, and try to go and be ourselves against them. We don't want to change and we don't want to be different. Um, we want to be ourselves and, and give it a real go. And so it'll be fun. I, I can't wait for it. And uh, yeah, to bring a club of that magnitude to New Mexico, it does speak about the growth um, of soccer in the United States and uh, definitely the soccer in, in New Mexico. And, and um, I think it's, uh, it's remarkable that, you know, within five years, we brought in two teams that have played in the Premier League. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty amazing. Uh, I wanted to bring this up to uh, talking, uh, looking back at, you know, the, the match this past weekend. Uh, on social media, one of the players that uh, everyone feels like should get more minutes is Daniel Bruce. Obviously, Bruce, he's been part of the club from day one. Uh, and people, you know, it's noted that there was a, a, a shift in the energy, obviously, once Brucey came on. It's something that we've talked about before. Brucey just has, like, un, unlimited energy. Um, how hard is it to leave out guys like him and then to try to work him in like late in the match like that. Yeah. First, it's great that people have opinions. I mean, that's, that's why we play the game and, and that's, you know, fans deserve to have every opinion that they want to have. And uh, I think with, with Brucey, he'll, you know, there'll be plenty of games that he starts throughout this season and, you know, he does add a lot of energy to our group. And um, I thought he did that. He did a great job. There's a bunch of double downs that he had. He created a lot of 2v1s defensively. You know, he ends up winning the ball. Um, that ends up circulating back to Josh that um, we, we win the penalty on. And so those things don't go missed. And uh, I think he's had a great preseason. He's a goal scorer. And uh, I think he's, he's done great. And uh, I look forward to him. You know, having a monster year this year, I think he he can he can have his best year of his career, and um, uh, I'm excited for him on that. And uh, if he keeps doing what he's doing, he'll he'll have a great season. Got some questions coming over in the sure. chat now. First from uh, Jim Painter, uh, Coach Kingsbury, how did United get both Cardiff and Sunderland to to come here? Um. I, I believe there's uh, a couple guys that are arranged games in the U.S. and uh, it's our club working with you know those people that arrange the games and and make sure all the you know financial details and all that type of stuff is sorted out stuff that I don't I don't work with um, but you know Ron Patel I know put a lot of uh, work into getting Sunderland here and you know did a phenomenal job on that. And, um, yeah, it's people like that, you know, working hard to, to bring, um, you know, different opponents to come in and, and for New Mexicans to see. You know, one thing that Peter says all the time, and 
we want to bring the world to New Mexico and, and, and that's, that's what they're doing uh, by bringing in these games. And this is why, even though it's a, you know, a little congested in that time period, I tell Pete all the time, let's, let's do it. And uh, let's, you know, give the people something different. It's, it's, it's a really unique opportunity and um, it's exciting. And so, uh, yeah, I give credit to those guys in the front office, Pete, Ron, um, Clint Gray, those guys, they, they work, you know, really, really hard to get that stuff done. And, uh, David Carl, um, and so, yeah, without those people, this, this stuff wouldn't happen. Friend of the show and a uh, friend of the club, Audrey Cortina over in chat. Coach, what would you do different this season changes, biggest lessons learned and any new ideas you're bringing this year? Yeah, I think the, the first thing is, uh, we were uh, last year. We were third lowest in the league in dribbles completed. Um, that's something that I want to change in the off season. Get some players in that were a little bit more comfortable on the ball, dribbling on the ball, more comfortable in possession, but not lose our edge defensively. And so that was really important to me. Um, and the other thing is, I think you know there was probably one time I changed systems. One that you know you you learn from. And, uh, you know, going into Colorado Springs away last year, I changed from a 4-2-3-1 to go to a 3-4-3 against them. I thought it set up a little bit better for us, and we weren't quite as aggressive. We were really hesitant. You know, I changed back to a 4-2-3-1 at halftime. We're extremely aggressive. It's exactly, you know, the pictures that we want to see. And so, um, you know, you, you have to learn through those types of things. And, you know, you have to have those insecure moments. And when you have those insecure moments, you can't, uh, shy away from them and feel sorry for yourself. These are moments that you have to be really solution oriented um, and you have to learn from. And um, that, that's that's when you grow the most. And so uh, that's when I felt I grew the most and um, really found our identity probably last five games of the season. And um, yeah, I thought that's where we, you know, hit our stride going into going into the playoff game. Just got little unlucky with some injuries, you know, Sam Hamilton, Chris, we and Nico bread out in the playoff game. That's, that's difficult. I'm not saying we, we couldn't have done it. We had some great chances at the beginning of the game to, to finish off, but um, yeah, got a little unlucky with injuries towards the end of the season. Um, I wanted to ask too, have you had a chance to have you or the, have you at the club had a chance to get the ice hopes and the, play around with the changes to get out there on the, on the field a little bit, or have you guys been kind of hands off to this point? No, I've been out there Ed, the groundskeeper is he's, I would assume the best in minor league baseball. He's, he's incredible. Not only that, he does a phenomenal job of, you know, communicating with us and trying to work with us as much as possible and, you know, make this, you know, a soccer stadium when it's not a baseball stadium. And he, he does it. He does a great job with that. And um, so, yeah, I've walked the field with him a couple times and it's it's great. It looks it looks phenomenal. Um, I'm sure for baseball, it plays better without the, you know, the hill back there. And um, yeah, it, it looks great. And we, we can't wait to, you know, get back out there. I wish it was a little sooner, but we get, we'll take care of some business before we get to that. And obviously, the, the field looks like it's going to play a little bit wider than, than it has the, the past few years. How does that factor in, or does it really matter to you guys at this point? Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, 
the way a field dimension is is interesting in soccer because you can you can change it quite a bit um and you can go and play in a field like rgv which is 120 by 80 it's you know big as you can get and then you can play you know at i don't know memphis and it's you know 72 yards wide or 70 yards wide um and so it can it can definitely factor in our field at home is uh 74 yards wide um by 112 long and uh it'll be that same um same dimension next year and or this year sorry and uh yeah i think it, it suits our style and it's it's plenty of space for us to play in and yeah we i just can't wait to get back out there and actually play a game on it i got a question for you real quick um so for the past four years we've seen josh as the captain i mean it's always been josh mm -hmm. um what was the conversation and the mindset like choosing Sam over Josh this year? So I, when you say choosing Sam over Josh, it wasn't necessarily uh, it, my dialogue with these guys that I've been around with, especially for a long time. The amount of respect first that I have for each and every one of these players is immense. And so it would never have been uh, Josh finding out anything on, uh, you know, the day that Sam's chosen as captain. So long conversations between Josh and myself and Sam um, and, uh, you know, talking about what what's the best for our group, what's the best for Josh moving forward. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was um, a good time for Josh to focus on himself um, and be really focused on having a good year this year. And, um, you know, he, he battled some injuries last year, which was tough for him and, um I think he's primed and ready to have a great year. You know, he, he came on and I thought he really changed the game for us in a lot of ways in Miami. And um, the amount of humility that that guy has is something that I can't talk about enough. Um, how excited he was for Sam and how uh, much he is um, helping Sam um, is is really a testament to his character man that, that guy's uh he's an incredible person um he's a massive leader on our team he always will be um and man i have more respect that i could even talk about about uh josh suggs but on the flip side of that really excited for sam hamilton he you know deserves to lead our group um but we have a lot of leaders on our team there's a lot of guys that have played a lot of minutes and that are good people and all want to pull in the same direction. We, you know, we have, you know, Chris Weehan's been here for a long time and played a lot of games. You know, Will Seymour is, you know, stepping up in his own right. Santi Moore has played a lot of games. Um, yeah, there's Austin Yearwoods, you know, coming into his eighth year, believe it or not. It's it's pretty wild. And I'm, uh, I'm so excited for all these guys. Justin Portillo played a lot of games in this league and in MLS. And so, yeah. Um, we have a good group, a good group of leaders, and, and Sam Sam is uh, the right one to, to lead us for 2023. You mentioned one name, and it's kind of a good segue for our next question. Um, so M. Rivera, um, friend of mine, girlfriend of mine, actually not friend of the club yet. She hasn't actually been to a game yet. Um, she asked, what was the conversation like with Santi when trying to bring him back? Yeah, um, it's a good question. Conversation was really good. Um, me and Santi had a great relationship coming from 2019 and, um, you know, I, 
as soon as he was, you know, it was even kind of hinted at that he might be available. I was, you know, all over that one and, um, you know, making sure that he felt the same exact way. And there was no doubt in that, that he felt that there was something missing and that, uh, you know, his, you know, best year of his career and where he felt like he, you know, felt the most um, was here in New Mexico. And so he was really excited, excited and motivated to come back. And um, we just, you know, didn't had to iron out the details to make that happen. So was that a transaction that he had a say in from the get go? Or was it uh, just clearly up to Phoenix if they accepted your offer or not, and they could have sent him anywhere, even if he didn't want to go there? Yeah, I won't get into like the contract details, um, but Santi was very motivated to, you know, come back to New Mexico. And so that was uh, that was the most important thing. And we weren't the only team, as you could imagine, that was, you know, trying to get Santi. There was a lot of teams trying to get Santi uh, to come to come to their club. But, um, yeah, he was, you know, motivated to come back here and this is where he wanted to be. And, um, you know, we're excited to have him back. A little while ago, you mentioned Austin Yearwood, and Austin's a guy that we talk a lot about on the show. You know, he's obviously a fan favorite. He's a guy that you know goes out and gives you 120% every single match. Um, he's a guy that we felt like should have been in the conversation for you know defensive team of the year, or at least at least USL team of the year. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there's kind of like a? I, I know in other leagues there's, there tends to be a, a bit of a bias towards the the top, you know, like two, three, or four clubs in the league in terms of end of year awards, things like that. Um, do you feel like guys like Austin and some others may have gotten like overlooked because of where the club finished? Um, no, I mean, we're, we're, where we finished was, you know, a point off of hosting a home playoff game. And so um, I'm not, I'm not, you know, by any means do I think we finished um, in a bad place or anything like that. I think uh, where Austin, you know, he a lot of his characteristics go on on uh, noticed. Um, you know, he has a he not a lot of crosses come off on his side. He blocks a ton of crosses. One v one defending. Uh, you can maybe mention one or two other players in the league that are as good as him when someone just faces him up. Um, and it could be the best attacker in the league with Miche Ingolina. And uh, there's a reason Miche against us is quiet. And uh, we had the equalizer in, you know, Austin Yearwood. He's, you know, it's it's really, really difficult with him, not only because of his athleticism, but it's really his anticipation. He, he anticipates so well. Um, so end of the year awards, you know, those things are – I don't even know what they are really. Um, <laughs> they're someone's opinion and, and which is important, you know, to have those opinions and for people to get the recognition, but it's one, one people, one little group of people's opinions. It's not, you know, we know the value of Austin Yearwood um, and all these guys. Um, and that's why, you know, we have them here in New Mexico and don't want them to go anywhere else. Looking back at, at the 2022 season, um, you know, kind of like what you 
looking back in their rear view, bring in Kevon midseason, bring in guys like Nico and Preston and, you know, Jerome Kiesewetter. Um he, he talked this year in the preseason, talking about, you know, bringing in character guys. And last season, there seemed to be some uh, disputes between some guys on the field. Um, mm-hmm. How Did any of that play into whether or not to offer them for 2023? Or was that, you know, something that they had left in 2022 before looking ahead at the roster for 2023. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure players this year on the field are going to at some point get into it. Um, The consistency of that, I promise you will be a lot lower. And what I mean by that is I, I talked to the group about it today. We show usually coming off of a game, we show fighting football clips and that's just clips that show our identity and it could be nothing to do with tactics. Um, it could be, you know, just tenacity of recovering into a shape that we want to recover into. And they have three players against our two. And then all of a sudden it's seven versus two. And this is a fighting football clip for us. And so, these are clips where you have to have everyone and you and just in our culture in general, you have to have everyone that's pulling in the same direction. And so there was points of last year where we felt like there there was some fracture. And I wanted to eliminate that for, for this year. I won't get any specifics about any individuals or anything, but I think uh the the all those guys are good people. Um and it's just a matter about putting a group of players together that want to go and do it together. And uh, that was the mission and the goal for this offseason. And I think, you know, we've we've done that. And now, like I said, we got to go capitalize on it now. It's it's great that people, you know, like each other and want to pull for each other. But now we got to go um, get points and get wins and all those types of things. And so, um, yeah, absolutely. They, uh, that factors into it. We had a game against RGV last year. We went up 1-0, and uh, after the game, we ended up losing 3-1. And it was a low point of our season. There was no doubt about it. And I showed – I think it was the longest – my video sessions are – I like them pretty tight for about 20 minutes or so. 25 minutes would be a long one. And this one was about 45 minutes to an hour, and – it was just showing clips of people, you know, arguing with each other and, you know, just telling them this is is completely unacceptable and, and we're, we're beating ourselves in this moment. It, it has nothing to do with the opponent. It, whoever the opponent is, doesn't need, it's irrelevant. Um, and so that was, that was a turning point for our group. And I don't think we lost a game after that and uh, really, you know, found our identity and hit our identity for the past, those last five games heading into the playoffs. And so, um, yeah, absolutely. This is something that, you know, won't happen and won't be tolerated, you know, here. Jacob is apparently taking us on a car ride. So while Jacob's taking us on a car ride over there, um, Harry, who's a really good friend of our show, of the show, um, he asked, on USL clubs and academy kids, with USL becoming more attractive for young players to move to Europe or MLS when they turn 18, as a coach, how hard is it to manage that path, such as Nava, for example, which and then he went on later on and said Nava is 18 at this point, but he signed when he was 16 or 17. So how hard was it to manage keeping Nava here, for example, instead of 
running off to MLS Next Pro or going off to Europe or something bigger than USL? Yeah, I think, you know, if we had the ability to transfer him to a European team or um, a Liga MX team or an MLS team where we thought it was the right environment for him to go and succeed, um, there's no doubt about it we would um, because that's the goal for, you know, Christian Nava and all of our players is if, you know, there's a really good opportunity for them, our, our goal isn't to stand in their way and hold them back. Um, it's it's to help them go and succeed, and especially a player from, you know, from our academy. And so saying that, I'm uh, I'm excited about Christian where he's at um, and, and look forward to, you know, him having a phenomenal year this year. And as far as managing that, um, my management of that is whatever's best for Christian is what we want. Um, there, there's zero doubt about that. Looking ahead just a little bit, you know, back to 2023, um, you know, open cups coming here in a couple of weeks, uh, home first home match of the season is coming up. I mean, what are you looking forward to the most about finally getting back to Isotopes Park? Um, yeah, it's, uh, gonna be a lot of fun i'll always love when the when the new players get to experience it that's that's really fun um for me um for them to see it and us to talk about it but the main thing is for me we got to be better at home this year if we're better at home last year we're in the you know top three uh there's no doubt about that um and so it's really important for me to establish you know really really um good home record and making isotopes a tough place to play. It already is a tough place to play. And we got to make sure, you know, we have three games last year where 90th minute ends in a draw. Um, so you can look at that and say, Oh, well, you know, we're just three minutes away from a home playoff game. And that's not the way I look at it is the way I look at it is, uh, you know, we didn't do our job of closing it out. And, uh, and that's a, that's a massive job of ours. And we took a step in the right direction in Miami of scoring in the 85th minute and then, you know, closing that game out and did a phenomenal job of that. And we look forward to doing that back at isotopes and, you know, creating that atmosphere. I want to, I want to, um, host a home playoff game. I've won two titles in this league as a player, both, both titles I've hosted. Um, and, uh, it's so important to host. It, it makes it such an advantage uh, for you going into playoffs, not having to travel, playing in front of your home home fans. Um, all those things are so important for us, and and, and that's why we want to you know host a home playoff game. Audrey over in chat. Once again, another question for you, Coach. What league at MX team would you have to play against? Mm, um, really, I mean, any of them would be great. You know. Riados came to uh, to the Semosidos Cup, so I think that would be phenomenal for you know now our first team to play play them, and you know I would love to go down there and and play them as well if if we could, and so that's something that hopefully we're looking forward to in the future, and we can get done. I think that would be you know the next step for us after we play Sunderland is you know start looking at these Liga MX teams and saying which one can we play, and hopefully it's Riados. So, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you mentioned missing out on the uh, hosting a home playoff match last season uh, by basically one result. Um, what are the goals and expectations you have for the club this year in terms of, you know, you mentioned you want to host a home playoff match? Um, 
you know, is there like, are there goals like you set in terms of like wanting to make it to a certain round of the Open Cup? Is there something you're looking forward to? You know, do you think we can compete for the Western Conference title this year? Um, yes, I do think we can compete for a Western Conference title. My my goal isn't um, my goal is to host a home playoff game, and that's genuinely what it is. Um, I think if you put yourself in that mix, then you really put yourself in a position where you can, you know, make a run. You look at both teams that were, you know, went to the final this year, Louisville and San Antonio, both hosted all games um, until the final. And then the team that hosted in the final, they won. Um, I think it has a massive um, advantage to it. And so this is my goal this year is to make, make sure that we're bringing, you know, playoff soccer to New Mexico. Open Cup is a little different. Um, you know, in one round, you know, MLS teams could, uh, come in and then you're playing an MLS team and then the next week you're playing LAFC and then the next week you're playing, you, you could knock off a couple MLS teams, but still only be in, you know, the round of, you know, 32. So it's, uh, it's hard to, to put like a real, um, a real goal on that. But I think, you know, um, Sacramento did a good job of letting us all dream last year. And, uh, um, there's a, there's a part of me that's glad that they didn't win it because I want to be the one that wins it from the USL, not, not Sacramento. And so, um, but man, I, I have immense amount of respect for those guys. They had a really tough road and did a really good job all the way through. And then not only that, they, they did a good job in the playoffs as well. And so, um respect to them and um that was 2022 so it's 2023 now you kind of hinted at the format change you're saying you know for the open cup saying you could potentially play multiple mls teams in a row and still not be out of like in the round of 32. the usl has also also underwent a format change this year we're mm -hmm. now playing every team in the eastern conference mm -hmm. um how big of a deal is this for the usl do you like the, the interconference play do you think it helps build the league as a whole in terms of competition and you know building just the the community around the league there's no doubt and just competitively like last year you know some teams you could look at what other teams got to play in the eastern conference maybe they had easier opponents or whatever it is this year it's just no argument it's you play everyone you get half the eastern conference teams home half of them away you play all of them it's that's is how it should be and um yeah, I I love that we are playing those teams. Obviously, I love that we're playing Charleston um, because, you know, I played there for so long, and um, anytime I get the chance to play them, that's that's exciting for me personally. But also at the same time, you know, you get the other side of it where you play, you know, teams that have done really well in this league for a long time. Tampa has done really well. We've never played them. Louisville, we've only got to play them once, and we get to host them this year. Uh, we're going to Tampa. Uh, Miami, we've never played before. That was that was great for us to you know go down to Miami, and these these are all things that you know I think hopefully as a you know fan as well it gives you a whole scope of the league rather than you know just seeing the Western Conference teams and a couple Eastern Conference teams sprinkled in here. And then lastly on that, I think it's great that you know the MLS two teams moved out. I think that's a that's a positive thing. 
some of them were very good. Um, there's no discredit to them um, as far as, you know, what their ambition was or they're very talented and hard to beat, hard to play. Um, but at the same time, now, you know, every team that's in this league, their ambition is one thing. They want to go and win. They want to win a cup. They're not trying to, you know, necessarily develop every player that's coming through their academy. Um, it, they're looking to win. And so I, I appreciate that. And I'm glad that every everyone's on that, you know, same type of playing field as far as, far as their mindset. I think that's really important. I think that's all that I had uh, for you this evening, Coach Jacob. Earl, do you guys have anything else you'd like to ask Coach before we get out of here this evening? No, I'll just uh, I'll just say thank you again, and and we appreciate you not only coming on here, but uh, the ability to interview after matches and and that media day, and and then all that you're doing for not just the team and everything like that, but you, I mean this club and and yourself a preach community and. And even though I don't live in the Albuquerque area anymore, but I still, I still get to watch and, and see what you guys do there. And uh, as a lifelong New Mexican, like I said earlier before, I think that was before we started podcasting about mm-hmm. the community. No, we were talking about it earlier. Um, I just, I really appreciate everything that that you and Peter and, and everybody behind the scenes like David and Ron and everything are doing to, to put New Mexico on the map. Yeah, it's a it's a mission of the club and there's no doubt about it. And this is what I was saying about the character-based recruiting. It's, it's important that those players, it, they're not going to know it until they come uh, and experience it, but it's really important that they know the expectation. And mm-hmm. our expectation is for, you know, you're not, you're not just a player here. You're a part of this community and you're going to be a part of it. You're going to be ingrained in the community and that's going to be going in, uh, doing appearances and um, using some of your off days is, is time to go and do different things in our community. And because, I tell all the players here, I spent a lot of time at a very great club. Uh, Charleston, I can't speak highly enough, but it is different here. It's different in a lot of ways. It, as um, much as I, I loved it in Charleston, it, it is too special here to ever take for granted. Um, and the people here are so genuine and real um, that – man, we, we have only one thing that we can do and that's go and pay it back. And that's pay it back by not only being in the community, but playing fighting football and winning games. And so, and making people proud and we can't wait to do that, uh, you know, on the road, but uh, most importantly back at home at isotopes this year. I think you see that with the players too, like, like guys like Brucey and Sam and Suggs who have been here all four years that we've been in the era of going into five years that we've been into existence. We had Brucey on uh, shortly after his extension was announced um, mm-hmm. this off season. And he, I mean, he basically what you just said, he couldn't speak highly enough about the people <laughs> and, and the, the whole community that we have around United and, and New Mexico and Albuquerque. Yeah, Bru- Brucey's, and, Brucey's lucky. He's really lucky that he got, he got, you know, he came in here on trial and, and got a contract here and, um, he's he's lucky that this is the club that he's with and he's taking advantage of it you know and so with that luck becomes a little opportunity and you know not a lot of people get that opportunity to play for such a special club for you know now coming up on five years for him and um you know talk to some of the other clubs that are other guys that have been around the block a little bit and 
you know, there's a reason why they don't want to leave um, because this is a special place and that they'll never take that for granted. And so I'm, uh, these are the type of people we, we want to keep here on our team and, and here in the state. And so, um, I, yeah, I'm excited about this group and I'm excited for you guys to, you know, start to get to know some of these other guys, Greg Hurst, Josh Doling. Um, these are, they're good people. So hopefully you guys will have them on soon and, and get to know they'd be great to have on together. <laughs> That'd be pretty, actually pretty funny yeah. uh, to have those two on together. And, uh, yeah. David, um, make it happen. Yeah, that's right. And so, uh, yeah, uh, excited for the year and, and guys can't thank you enough for all the attention that uh, you give to us and the time that you give to us. And um, if there's anything that, you know, we can do for you guys, let us know. Thank you, coach. Appreciate that. Yeah, Seth. Coach, appreciate yeah. all your time. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. Thank you guys, David. I know you're in the background. We'll probably talk to you in just a second, but thank you so much for setting this up this evening and uh, everyone in chat. Thank you guys. Uh, all the questions you guys are, are are greatly appreciated, and uh, you know we love having you guys interact with us throughout the show. So, um, yeah, Coach, I thank you again, and uh, and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon, and we'll see you guys before too long out at Ice Steps Park. That's right. That's right. Open Cup before then. That's right. Open Cup. That's right. Uh, August fourth over yep. at UNM Soccer Complex, and yep. we'll see you guys then. So April fourth. Uh, April fourth. Yeah. April, what did I say? August fourth. <laughs> August. Yeah. Man, I tell you, I've got I've got so much going on. Like, I coach. I know you're busy. You're a busy man, but like, you know, tell these guys. I, I'm coaching. I'm repping. I'm doing all sorts of stuff. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's I got two. I got two under two right now. So uh, it's it's wild around here, man. So two yeah, under two is fun. Yeah, that's Jake right. Jake would not have been there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a six, two, four, and then one that's due in about a month. All right. And luck, it's, it's nonstop. And I, yeah. I know when they get to be teenagers and we're running them to sports and, and doing all this stuff, it's going to be even worse. So I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying the time that I have with them when they're little now. In fact, that's, that's, why, that's why we have this Blair Witch camera. Uh, we're currently at my family cabin on the east side or the west side of the state oh, where cool. I don't have electricity or anything like that. And we're okay. spending a few days on spring break out here. And so oh, that's awesome. Uh, I, I made the mistake of talking to David and setting it up for today and then realizing, oh, yeah, we're going to be <laughs> we're going to be uh, in the middle of nowhere. So I had to make it work. But yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate Seth and Earl, obviously, uh, coming on here. Like, like Seth said, the chat uh, will be back. There's no match this weekend, uh, so we won't have a, a pre or post match uh, uh, episode for you guys. But we'll be back next Tuesday at nine o'clock to look forward to Oakland. And um, any news that pops off, I'll be at the Black and Yellow Bash on Saturday. So we'll be able to see the new kids and, and hopefully hear from from Zach and and Peter and, and some others. And, and I might I'll probably talk about that a little bit on Tuesday. But other than that, uh, next Tuesday, nine o'clock. And until then, someone see us. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.